Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker preview. This is the Saturday of the York Ebor Festival preview podcast and video. I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two of Odds Checker's finest tipsters, the nap of the day man on the app, Daryl Carter, and the old guard, of course, Andy Holding. Uh, and are you not too happy about me calling you the old guard? I feel as though I'm like a, a, a Tony Adams awesome. or something like that. You know? okay. I'll change it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, up, shoring up the defence, no, nothing flash, <laughs> holding the line, looking across the line, you know. You're, just you're, you're, the, star, you're, you're the star of the show, you're, who they're all turning up to see. Um, oh, jeez, mate. That's fine. You're, you're the young pretender. I'm digging myself in a hole here. I'm digging myself in a yeah. hole. The, the less I speak, the better. So I'm going to quickly um, just... Point the listeners and viewers in the direction of the Odds Checker app, and then I can shut up. Um, download the app now. It's the very best place for all the best prices, the best bookie offers, the best free bets, and the two best tipsters in the world who join me today, Andy <laughs> Holding and Daryl Carter. Um, this is the Saturday podcast. We've already recorded one uh, just this morning for Friday's racing. So if you're listening to this on Friday morning or Thursday evening and you haven't seen that yet, then now is the time to go and listen or watch that. You can listen to it in any pop- podcast platform, or you can watch it uh, on the Odds Checker YouTube channel. Into the racing, though, and this is Saturday, so the first race of the day is the Group 3, um, Skybet and Symphony Group Stencil Stakes. And we are recording this just at about quarter past midday on Wednesday the 20th. So the final decks are just out. We've got about 48 hours until the racing starts. So the markets are just reforming, so bear with us. A little bit if some of these prices are a bit out of date by the time you are listening or watching. Um, the first race, as I say, we have Lord Glitters is the three to one favourite ahead of Dark Vision at eleven to two, Pogo six to one, Zabil Prince thirteen to two, Miss O'Connor seven to one, Epic Hero nine to one, ten to one bar, nine run, Andy. Um, coming to you first here. Who do you fancy in the first? Well, Lord Glitters t- clearly takes a, a, a huge um, climb down in, in class here, doesn't he? Um you know, he's been dining at the top table for the last few years. And, um, you know, he keeps running with great distinction, like he did at Royal Ascot. It was another phenomenal run beyond Mohatha, um, um, you know, on the round track that day. And then that run behind Aspatar was, was just as good. I mean, he just keeps coming back for more. So, I mean, it's a track that he's gone well here in the past. He's got a lot of um, positive things, things to say about him. But he's seven now, and whether he's actually improving or not, I'd... I'd I don't know, and he's quite difficult to win with nowadays, albeit he does run well in uh, very good company. So I'm going to go with horses who are perhaps uh, just in a, in a better place at the moment with regards to getting their head in front. And Dark Vision definitely ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um, he ties in with a lot of the best handicap form this season, but those top-end handicaps are group races in all but name, aren't they, nowadays? Mm. You know, you have to be a 100-odd racing horse to, to win them, as Daryl pointed out with his with his analysis and a few of the other races we've, we've discussed. Um and they upped him in quality last time out at Pontefract, and he got the job done that day as well, beating Berenger, who's a very useful horse. He's got form here at York as well. Uh, I think he won his maiden um, back in the day as well here, and he's won well subsequently twice. So he's got track form. He's got a good draw. He, you know, he, he likes to come off the pace. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd see him running well. I do think certain lads slightly overpriced as well at double-figure odds. Um, he's been a, a very industrious horse in the last... A uh, few uh, months, I think he was out in, uh, in Dubai, Maidan, uh, wasn't he, in the winter? He, I think he won a handicap there. But he's done nothing wrong with his since he's come over to these shores. Um, he's running the John Smith beyond Sinjari. was good. 
he, he split two very good horses at Haydock last time out, extra elusive and that very highly regarded horse of John Gosden's global giant. Um, a repeat of that form would certainly give him a chance in this kind of company. So both of them are looking fair enough prices as far as I could see. Nine to two, five to one for dark vision and double figure 10 to one for certain that. I'd probably almost put those two up against the field there. Dark vision, 11 to two with William Hill. 11 to two, fans. yeah. 11 to 2, uh, Dark Vision, 10 to 1, certain lad, um, with all the bookies who are out, who are William Hill, Betfair, and Paddy Power. Daryl, Dark Vision, and a certain lad for Andy. Who do you fancy? Uh, quite like Pogo for this, actually. Um, five pounds better off with Dark Vision for their meeting at Ascot last time. Ran in Group 1 company over in Shanti, not being too far, being three and three quarter levels by Persian King. Um, and he's just rapidly improving this term. Uh, he goes well at the track. He was a uh, good fourth in the Acom Stakes two years ago here. Won a good handicap here last year. Um, and he's just taken his form to a new level this term. I don't think there's too much between him and, um, and Dark Vision. And I love the way he did, did the business at Windsor, getting off the mark, taking care of Urban Icon, who subsequently ran well at Goodwood next time, off a massive weight in a handicap. I think that form's pretty strong. Um, the Group 1, he... Ran in over in France last time. Um, uh, that that form has been well, well advertised by Positive. He ran third behind uh, Regal Reality last time at Salisbury. And that form ties him with Beat Le Bon, who runs in the Group 2 later on in the card. So I think he could be running in better company than he is running in here. And if he's got a little bit more to come back at the track he likes, I think Pogo's a, a fair each way price, uh, price at 6-1. to one. I can't really see him out of the frame. Um, I think Andy's touched on the... Uh, Touch on the right other horses, Lord Glitters and Dark Vision, but uh, Pogo would be the, the six to one bet for me. Six to one for Pogo for Daryl, 11 to two Dark Vision for Andy. So a couple to take on Lord Glitters with there, as well as a certain lad at 10 to one. Um, on then to the second race of the day, the 2.25, uh, the Melrose. And we have, it's a handicap at about a mile six. And we've got Favourite Moon is four to one favourite ahead of Kips at 11 to two. Uh, Midnight Legacy. Um, oh, sorry, more prices just come out as I'm speaking. So, favorite moon four to one, Kips seven to one with Bet365. Oh. Uh, there we go. Daryl, we'll come to you first in a second. Then, Midnight's Legacy eight to one, Coltrane ten to one, 11 to one bar, currently 15 run. Um, and Daryl, fair to say, I think we're going to start with Kips. Yeah, I like Kips. I like to like him a lot. Um, I think this step up and trip's definitely going to suit him. Um, I think he's got to be rated much higher than this mark of 88 come the end of the season. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. He travels really well through his races. Uh, just lacks the gears for, for trips over a slightly shorter. Um, and uh, he's got form that ties in with a favourite back from their meeting at Wolverhampton when they ran over a mile. We finished ahead of him there. And he did better through a subsequent form line through subjectivist. He was only receiving eleven pounds and finished in front of him at Ascot. Mm. And favourite Boone received twenty and although did it well when we napped him. Favourite moon against Objectivist. Um, when last seen at Haydock, I just think Kips is is the is a progressive horse going forward. Um, this is a really good race, though. Lots of these you can make cases for. Uh, in terms of form lines, though, Kips is almost up there with, like we mentioned earlier in the, in the earlier podcast, with those lev- top levels of handicap form. He, he's got collateral form lines that link in everywhere. So I, I think it's only a matter of time before he wins off this mark of 88. Ryan Moore's been booked by Huey Morrison. Um, I think he's going to be I think he's a good bet at seven to one. Right. Seven to one for Kips there. Darren makes a strong case for Andy. Yeah, Kips has um, 
been a bit of a wallet emptier, hasn't he, for, for quite a lot of punters this season. Um, he's got a lot of quality about him. Um, the day when he ran at Haydock first time up, you thought, well, this is a, a handicap winner in waiting, the way he travelled through that race. Mm. Uh, his subsequent run behind Hookham looks better now, doesn't it, in the cold light of day. He, he just looks a bit awkward in the run, and that tried the blinkers on him last time out, just perhaps to sharpen his mind, and end, ended up backfiring on him, albeit he didn't run too badly over a shorter trip at Newmarket. Uh, whether he quite has the stamina to see out a well-run mile six would be open to question because I, th- I do think he's got a little bit of a glass chin. I think he's a kind of horse that you just need to arrive there with and kind of like cajole to the front. And whether it, you know, you, let's say he gets there two or three out at York or comes out a long, long way home for a horse like Kips, Kips who, mm. like I said previously, has ducked the issue. I certainly wouldn't mind backing him each way if he can get five places because it I do think he'll go well for for you for a long way, but he's, he's, he, I'm not sure whether he's, he's, he's as hearty enough as you need to, for a horse to win this race. I think there's reminds a very, very... Sorry, Andy, it reminds me of that horse Cogbury from last season. Cogbury from yeah. last season, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the same, to yeah. Win, threatens to win, and might eventually win later on in the season. Very similar type of horse. Oh, yeah, he'll definitely, he'll definitely win a good race somewhere along the way. There's a good pot in him, there's no doubt about it, because a horse that goes through the races like he does... Everything has to drop right one day. Um, but um, like I said, mile six round round here, it, it, it's a brutal, brutal test for a three-year-old. And, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not totally convinced by him yet. Uh, and I don't think the stable are the fact that they put blinkers on him last time out. Um, I think William Haggis has got two potentially very well-handicapped horses here. But the one, the one more than the other stands out, and that's Favourite Moon. Uh, the day when he beat Subjectivist, I, I, I literally couldn't believe it. I thought Subjectivist was a good thing that day. Subjectivist had gone there in, into that race off the back of a very fast time. And Favourite Moon just basically outstayed him. But he outstayed him, A, in a very good time, but B, more importantly, split times. I did the, There was about four or five races on the round track that day against Deja, who won the, the old mm-hmm. Newt Cup, Manuela de Vega. So there were some good, solid guidelines. And this Favourite Moon ran the quickest from six out from the six furlong pole in the back straight, and from three out as well. The two sectional points where I do them from, he was better than group race horses. And he only raced off a mark of eight. I thought, God, this, is, this must be some well-handicapped horse, this. He's only got up seven. And just to put the icing on the cake, they've got Kieran Fallon booked as well, who rode him last day. Um, so he actually races here off a mark of 84. If this horse is not running off a mark of 100 next year, I, I will be amazed. Um, so he's got plenty in hand, this horse. The bookmakers have priced him up like he's got plenty in hand as well. I'm not telling you something that we're tipping here at 10 or 12 to 1. We've got like the better of all time. And of course, he's got to prove that he stays, proves that he handles York, something that he hasn't done before. So he's got a few questions to ask in that respect. But there's no doubt in my mind that he is the best handicapped horse in this race, bar none. Uh, so if he handles a track, the plain answer is I think he'll win because I just think he's the classiest horse in the field. So, I mean, a 15-runner affair um, and, you know, certain question marks about, you know, there'll be a few of these who are running off much higher marks this time next year. At four to one, do you see that as being prohibitively short despite the fact you fancy him or is that still a fair price to have a crack at? I think it's one of those ones where I'll probably put him up win only because if he doesn't handle the track, then mm. he'll either, either will win the way I think he will win because he's well handicapped and he does handle the track. But if he doesn't, he could easily blow out, but he's won yeah, for another yeah. day. So yeah. I'd probably put him up to win. And if I was looking for something each way as a cover, I'd probably suggest something like Coltrane, who I think is a nice horse also in the making. He's, he's looked a thorough stayer. He, he looks uncomplicated. He settles in his races and he, he finishes his races off strongly. 
Um, his Chepstow win was good on the numbers. His new market win suggested he's, he's he's got plenty in hand. And again, I think he's got away with a very lenient mark. He's he, He's been running times very much better than what he's handicapped at the moment of 86. So they're, they're, they're down the foot of the weights. But I think they in a year's time, if these all met again, they'd be up the top rather than where they are at the moment. There we have it then. So favourite moon, 4-1 to one for Andy. Kips at 7-1 to one for Daryl. Uh, on to the three o'clock, the City of York Stakes Group 2 over seven furlongs and one master is the two to one favourite as it stands ahead of Safe Voyage, who's nine to two with ten bet, as short as three to one with Betfair and Paddy Power. Uh, San Donato, five to one, ten to one bar, looking at the likes of Threat and Escobar, Shine So Bright, Beat Le Bon. Uh, nine run as it stands, Andy, coming to you first here. Um, I think you put up one master. Um, for his, for his, or at least on the podcast, you gave one yes. last fav- favourable word um, for his win last time out. Um, do we go again? Well, she just about got her over the ground, didn't she, last time out uh, yeah. at um, Goodwood. Um, I think connections, are, they were interviewed afterwards. Tom Marcon said the one thing, she hated the ground, that was his words. But she was so classy enough in a, in a group three to, to get away with it. Um, now, whether she's good enough to get away with it again, on what's likely to be fast ground again come Saturday. I think if she ran today, she'd probably win. But, you know, there's no good to, there'll be no good to soft in the ground come Saturday looking at the forecast. So that's a little bit of a worry. Um, whereas safe voyage, I, I don't think he'll mind the ground either way, either whichever way it turns up. Yes, he's got form and soft every ground, but he's handled good ground numerous times. But out of the two, I think he's arguably got the better body of work over seven furlongs over a long period of time. He ties in with Space Blues. Now, Space Blues, for me, is the best seven-furlong horse in Europe. He's proven that time and time again. Every time he runs, he seems to beat the same kind of horses. And that race at Goodwood, collectively, was the best seven-furlong race run so far this season, the Lennox. You know, Duke Hazard, great track horse, Escobar, Seyfried, Sedance, mm-hmm. a lot Dubai. You know, you name it, they were all there at that gig. They all turned up. And, and this lad finished a creditable fourth with not the clearest of runs. Things just didn't quite go well for him. But it's hard to see Seyfried not being in the first three, given his qualities. Uh, over his favourite trip. So at the prices we're looking at the moment, with one master the ground dry now, I won't want to touch her at seven to four. But at nine to two, if you could get that now, as this podcast goes out, perhaps in another few hours, I think you'll be well ahead of the game with him each way, rather than taking a short price about one master. Safe voyage nine to two with ten bet and support nation four to one with hills and bet three six five. Daryl, are you seeing this the same as Andy? Oh, 100% agree with everything Andy's just said. I think one, I think um, Safe Voyage is certainly the bet here. Thought one master, I mean, I put her up last time as well when she just got out of trouble at Goodwood. I thought I put her up, uh, a lot of people were saying, oh, she's got excuses because this is not her ground. But I thought she got away with the ground at that level, stepping up in, in grade now. I don't think she's going to get away with it. Safe Voyage is, for me, is by far clear second best of the seven furlong horses around. Um, Safe Voyage, uh, Space Blues sets the standard very high. Safe Voyage would have been a lot closer to him at Goodwood, um, would he have been granted a clear run. And if he would have finished second that day instead of finishing fourth, I don't think he'd be four to one in there. I think he'd probably go off, be favourite. Um, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for Safe Voyage. Um, n- there's no no real dangers for me in this race there to Safe Voyage. Lovely. Safe Voyage is the selection for both the experts. And that 9-2 to two may not stick around, but snap it up if you can. Um, on to the 340, which is the oh. Ebor. Which is the Ebor. Currently 24 in the field at the moment. Hills, 888, Betfair and Paddy's all go five places. 
Um, but I think, yeah, tomorrow we'll see plenty of decent each way terms as well. And the current favourite as it stands is Fujara Prince at seven to one, ahead of Trushan and Pablo Escobar, both eight to one. True Self, 11 to one. Deja, 12 to one. Monica Sheriff, uh, 14 to one. Vadana Blue, 14 to one. Um, 16 to one. Pondus, 18 to one. Bar. Andy, as the main man, as I said at the, at the beginning of the podcast, the Tony Adams stalwart. Of the of the odds checker stable, um, it's only fair that I come to you first for the Ebor. And at this stage, I mean, is it a long list? Is it a short list? Is it just one? What are you looking at? Yeah, it's a short list. Um, short list of two. Um, there's no doubt that I'll be putting these two up on the day. Depends on what price they are, of course, and to how I stake the plan. But Pablo Escobar and Trushan are the two that I'll be concentrating on here. Um, we know that Trushan's been laid out for this race for the thick end of probably. Might even been over a year, but certainly for the last six months, ever since he won that amazing handicap at Newmarket, that is the best mile, mile and a half, three-year-old race, probably run a in the last 12 months or even the last three or four years. That was as bad, as good as you're going to get. They went a mother and father of a gallop that day. There was no hiding place. But you look at the horses that he beat that day. First in line, Rhythmic Intent, The Trader, Dreamweaver, Country, Cape Cavalli's all the way to Sinjari was 13th. All these horses out of that race have come on to prove themselves in better company and good handicaps time and time again, not just once, but twice and three times over. And he beat them bloodless that day. I mean, he, he stayed on very strongly. He beat Hamish next time out on really bad ground when Hamish had gone there carrying all before him, having won the Melrose, and everyone thought he was a good thing. He needed the run more than any Alan King horse would ever need a run first time on it. No, Mike, you could see that. He was very fresh. He was very well. He was almost too well. And he ended up just fading behind Dashing Willoughby. But again, that form's very strong, you know, first in line running it. Dashing Willoughby's won a group race since. So he was beating no mugs. And then he went to Haydock next time out. Back on slightly easier ground, he beat um, Alignac, Mountain Hunter, Ipsolini, El Missing. Again, we're talking very, very high-class horses here. He beat them through stamina. He wants a mile six. You look at it, or his run style wants it. He wants a galloping track, a mile six. He's been kept especially for this race. He's been trained for the minute to, for this race by Alan King. Um, luckily for him, he hasn't got his old adversary Hamish in there because he was going to be um, a big, big player from the Haggis stable. But Haggis has got a more than able substitute in the shape of Pablo Escobar. They finally, finally worked out how to ride. They try to blasting from the front over a mile and a quarter at Newby two runs ago, which didn't work out. Almost did, but didn't. But they dropped him in the other day over a mile and a half at Goodwood, and he came through and he beat a good field going away. He also wants a trip. Um, so those are my two against the field. What price are we looking at? Uh, I eight, to one, on. eight to one. There you go. <clears throat> two, two really solid each-way bets there. Trushan and at Pablo Escobar. I don't think you go too far wrong with those if you can shop around and get four or five places on the day. Lovely stuff. Eight to one. Certainly, you'll be getting four or five. I have a feeling, as I said, maybe tomorrow. Um, we saw Paddy's go six for the opener yesterday. Maybe they'll they'll repeat the favour. Um, Daryl, true shadow. Uh, Escobar have had their good write up. Where are you going to go? Yeah, they have. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced Pablo Escobar will stay this trip. That'd be my only concern with him. Fujara Prince is the rightful favourite, in my opinion. A very lightly raced six year old. Looks like a potential group horse in the race. Um, it's formed from last year with the likes of First Eleven and Baghdad. Um, that handicap form is just it's just littered with 110 rated horses. Um, it goes well here at York. I think there's just a lot to like about him. Very lightly raced. This has been the target from the moment that they um, from the moment that he crossed the finishing line at Ascot last time. 
Love the way you put that to bed. Really strong through the line. This course and track and big field scenario should really suit him. There's a lot to like about the favourite here. Um, there's another one in here, massive price. I might take a chance on. He's about, uh, well, Glen Clam Glory, George. What price is that? Uh, you're getting 33 to 1 from your friends at Skybet. Okay. I mean, I mean, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but he ran well after two years. He ran well after two years off. He's beaten five lengths in the listed race at Doncaster behind Red Verdon. Just faded inside the final furlong there. And Red Verdon went out and won um, the Pre-Maurice Donnell uh, in France next time out. He then ran a Northumberland plate. He travelled really nicely through the race, held up right out the back of the field. I think that was a bit of a muddling race, a bit messy. Um, it didn't go too hard up in front, so I don't think it suited him. But he stumbled coming around the home turn. But he, he carried on. He was travelling lovely, and then just they didn't want too hard on him. Just nudged him out hand and heels. This horse was rated 110 last year for John Gosden. He's down to 99 now. He ran off 100 uh, Haydock on soft ground. That was his first attempt on soft ground. Um, he did really well in the circumstances. Finished six for 16. Wasn't given a hard time again, and it just felt like they were building up to a performance with him. And then at Ripon. He looked all at sea on the undulations there. I know it sounds like a lot of excuses for him, but he, he was all at sea. But he finished really, really strongly when denied a closing run in, in the last 100 yards. He, he was unlucky not to win there. He finished fifth, but he was beaten a length. I think this has probably been the plan for Timmy to, to, to be since he picked him up with John Gosden. And he's off a mark at 99. And given he was rated 110 just last year, I mean, he's got some really nice form over these sort of staying trips with the likes of Magic Circle and Palisader. He's a big, big price. He's the right age for this sort of contest. Big field's going to suit him. If you want to take one a chance at one at a price, Clinkham Glory might be that one. Absolutely love it. I'm very happy to hear a 33 to 1 tip. They say there, there's no such thing as a bad idea. And at 33 to 1, there is no such thing as a bad tip. I can tell you that for free. Um, Andy, anything to add on on the, the big price, Clem uh, Cadam Glory? Um, anything that ran well in the Northumberland plate gets my uh, thumbs up. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a quality race this year. It's a shame that the winner is not even high enough rated to get in at Caravan mm. of Hope. I still think he's rated sort of 95, 96, and um, he's definitely better than that. But unfortunately, the handicap hasn't given him a chance. One at a big price again. I'll just, I won't want to bore you because I think we've covered the main protagonists. Um, Jeremiah was a bit unlucky last time at Ascot. He'd won well the time before, and they, they fancied him again uh, the next day. But he got stuck in a pocket when. Everything went by him and he just couldn't get out and he was eased down. I think he's better than that. Uh, Charlie Fellows is quite a dab hand with these stays, isn't he? Prince of Aaron, I think, has been flying yeah. the flag for that, for that yard for a little while now. Uh, but look, the, the, the three classy horses that are rated in the you know, over 105 we've touched upon, Pablo Escobar, Fajura, Prince Trushan, they've all had this race as a target for a long, long time. And um, hopefully we've got it covered between one of those three. Jeremiah, 25-1 to 1 with Betfair and Paddy Power. We'll move on then to the last three races of the day. We've got the listed straight, the listed uh, Julia Graves Roses stakes over five furlongs after the Ebor. And uh, Ben McDwee is the 9-4 favourite head of politics at 4-1. to one. Uh, Lauded is 5-1. to one. Acclam Express is 7-1. to 11-1 to one bar. Um, a race maybe up your street, Andy, here. Um, for the time figures, um, yeah. who's who's set the best fractionals? Is Ben McDwee the rightful favourite? Um, he's on on ratings and form again. Again, the race with these tails that's been priced by ratings, but I tend not to look at that. I just look at their time figures and what they're like as a horse and individual, and what the numbers uh, are by their name. 
Um, you know, that run at Goodwood beyond Steelball was a perfectly respectable one. He, he ran a lot better than the market suggested. Steelball, oh, I tip, was no, was a worthy winner and, and a quite rightful winner. But again, whether that was a stronger at three, I don't know. Steelball's got beats up. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a player, but whether he's a two-to-one shot, I don't know. I, I do know for, for certain that Andrew Balding's politics has been targeted for this race, um, specifically on, on the recommendation of Oisin Murphy. Uh, I think Oisin Murphy had something to do with um, b- either buying this horse or or having something to do with the breeding side of it. So I think he's invested in the horse in some way, so I've been told. Uh, and Timescale, who um, was due to run in this race for the same colours, um, is a defector in, in preference for this one. So I'd imagine politics will end up being favourite in this race. Uh, but whether they're good enough both to cope with what I think is still a venomous, I, I don't know. Again, again, the, the rating for this horse is just nowhere near the level that he's going to achieve in the Tac- Aklam Express. Nigel Tinkler's speed ball. Uh, hmm. the, day when, the day when he won at Hamilton, um, he knocked the ball out of the park on the figures. Uh, the lads that have bought this horse, um, I think they've got a good bargain here. They paid 70 grand for this fella and they got an, e- an instant return for their money when he won at Goodwood. Um, he floored an odds-on favourite that day. Um, who was all the rage, winter power. Um, but on the numbers, Acclam Express certainly had his measure, and I couldn't believe he was the price he was in the morning. And again, he's been priced up on what he's rated. I mean, he was only 77 going into that race, but he looked a handicap good thing and Julia Blinds. And he's been given out 92, which again, he's nowhere near the level that I think he'll end up being. Um, and that's why we're going to get 7 to 1 for him on Saturday, when he should be a good deal shorter in the betting. He's got a a push button turn of foot, this fella. You watch him in his races and the way he changes his legs. When um, when the, when the jockey went for him last time out at Goodwood, he, he just put, dropped his shoulder and away he went. And he did everything on the outside of the on the wing that day. And he was he had no cover. He was very fresh early on. But this is tailor made for him. He's got the favourite Ben Makudo, one of the favourites, right in front of him in store one. It's a simple exercise here for Tom Marcon, just having almost like a piece of work. He'll just carry him down to the furlong pole. And then ask him, ask him to quicken. Lorded runs in the gym crack. He won't run, so he's out of the way. Uh, <laughs> and at the moment, we can get seven to one with our generous friends Paddy Power, who clearly haven't been listening to my podcast, so I haven't haven't re- had a chance to revise their prices. But I'd make this horse a very very solid three to one, seven to two shot at best. So if wow. you can get that seven to one now, even with a rule four, because Lordy won't run, you're going to be well well ahead of the game, and and the rest don't count. And they're not good enough. There you go. Strong one for Andy. Seven to one at Clam Express. A winner on this podcast over the glorious Goodwood week and hopefully a winner here for us on Saturday at York. Um, Daryl, hard to, hard act uh, to follow that. But I'll yeah, give you a I, mean, I mean, the only two horses that I really had anything to say about were politics and at Clam Express. <laughs> there you go. Move on. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. You've, you've always said, Daryl, that those, you know, it's why we have the good yin and yang with you and Andy, where Andy's all about the time figures, the speed and the two-year-olds, whereas you are our handicap specialist. And luckily, we've got one lovely one here for, to preview now, the 440 at York, the penultimate race of the week at York. And um, only William Hill are prices out at the moment. So these are subject very much to change. But Sinjari is the four to one favourite ahead of May Danny. A horse that you've tipped up with us before here, Daryl, at five to one. Cape Cavalli six to one. Derevo fifteen to two. Fifth position eight to one. Sky Defender nine to one. Fourteen to one. Bar, Daryl, the floor is yours. Wow, well, I mean Sinjari for me is very much a horse that I was really looking forward to re- reappearing this season. 
I tipped him up uh, last time when he won. That, and that was just impressive. I mean, like, like we mentioned earlier, certain lads running in the uh, Group 3 race uh, earlier uh, early, uh, earlier in the day. He just, just strongly pulled clear. Um, I just, uh, I was just so taken by that performance. I mean, I knew he was well handicapped. I didn't think he was, Christ, you know, that well handicapped. But he's gone up eight pounds for that. And I think even that's quite lenient, to be honest. That's one of the one of the um, strongest handicaps of the season that John Smith's Gold Cup to win. So it would be surprising if he wasn't able to follow up off this mark of 103. He really looks like an impressive... Um, like, it's just grown from last year so much visually. And I think he's going to come on a ton for the run. I, Sinjari, I really, really like him. Really like him for this. I know it's not a strong case because I'm getting my words muddled up, but just the formula <laughs> of the last season with the likes of Forrester, Dean and Hedman, they're just all lined up beautifully. Uh, and I was just so impressed with what he did un- done under Stevie Donadue at over course and distance last time out. Tom Arcand takes a ride. I think he's going to step forward again. Great stuff there. Sinjari, four to one, the selection for Daryl. Um, Andy, what have you got to add? I'd be surprised if either Mandani or Sinjari don't win this. They've won the best two mile and a quarter handicaps run so far in the UK, and they won it decisively as well. Sinjari, as Daryl pointed out, was a very decisive winner uh, when he won the John Smith. Came through late on, showed a really good, um, you know, good turn of foot in the latter stages, and he's going to improve off of that run as well. Um, and he wasn't particularly well fancied that day, looking at the market. So. He's, draw, he's well drawn. It's still six. He should get a lovely run round. But he is up against Mandani, who clocked one of the best furlong for furlong times from a handicap perspective of the entire Goodwood Festival when he won that day. And he did it from the front. And he just kept lengthening away from a good field. Um, he won by five, five lengths in the end, which is quite staggering, really, given the horses that were behind him that day. The likes of Bell Rock, Sky Defender, Derivo, Tin and Darley. Uh, fifth position. These are horses who have been dining at the very top table and he absolutely battered them. Um, he's got York form as well, so it's not as if like Sinjari got an advantage over, over Mandani because Mandani um, you know, has won here before. And also Mandani's got the favourable draw right round the inside he still wants. You'd imagine it'd be quite an easy exercise for Jim Crowley. He'll just get this horse off it, out in front and just try and stretch down, that, down, down the nasal bar with Sinjari breathing down his neck. So They've beaten all the horses in this race again. Yeah. I'm not worried about the pounds and ounces, you know, here, there and everywhere. Some of them might well be better off, but such was their dominance in their races. I think they're still capable of winning again. You could almost back them both here. What you can get, four to one, one, five to one, the other. You might even get slightly bigger when, once the, the, the sort of odds settle down. Um, so rather than pick one or one over the other, I, I'd just say back, back both of them to win and hopefully you'll be on the winner. Sinjari, four to one. May Danny, five to one. Very simple message there from the lads. Uh, certainly Daryl's going for one, but Andy saying it is a match between the top two and just back in both. Uh, the last race then of the York Ebor Festival is the Apprentice Handicap over five furlongs. And uh, Miras is the four to one favourite. Again, only hills with prices as it stands. Uh, Wonderwork, nine to two alongside Live in the Moment. Uh, Sampa, seven, 11 to two. Electric Ladyland and Queen's Order, both seven to one. Um, Daryl, we'll come to you first here so that Andy can can sing us out. Um, what is the uh, selection here, if any? Um, Miras. I know what, I know what he's going to tip. Yeah, Miras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, took a, uh, I took a bit of anti-post uh, four to one about him for this race with our friends over at Skybet. I've always just thought that this horse was just needed a drop back to five furlongs. Um, he just, he's been 
competing in the top level handicaps throughout this year. He's just been caught last time at Goodwood in the Stewards Cup, just in the final 100 yards. Um, he's a very, very quick horse. I think he's been running over the wrong trip, five furlongs. He's, it's a point and shoot job. I don't think there's any need to get complicated with him. For Oliver Stammers, who's going to take off five pounds off his back, um, I, I think it's pretty straightforward, to be honest with you. I don't think anything else is quite of the level um, that Miras could be at. There you go, Miras four to one for Daryl. Andy, was you predicting Daryl's going to say me, Miras mean that you share his views? Yeah, he's, he's always a horse I've liked. He clocked a good number the day when he finished uh, when he won at Kempton, and I haven't said I've been with him since, but I've certainly monitored his, his progress. Um, Daryl could well be right. Five films might end up being his bag. He shows lots of natural speed throughout his races. The only doubt I'll have is whether he can translate what he's done up to now to York, and he has drawn eleven of eleven, and we don't know whether that stall. Might end up being a good place, bad place come Saturday. It might be they might come at the stand side. If they come at the stand side and they've churned up the far side in the middle, and or everyone wants to get on a golden high, which sometimes does happen at York, still 11 11 is going to be tremendous. So keep your eye on that. If if you can see a shift in track bias, then the four to one will be gobbled up and it'll be sort of two to one on the off. Whereas, you know, if, if they're still going down the middle, it's not going to be easy for Oliver Stammers to sort of get in and perhaps get get where the, the better ground is. If, if he's in the wrong place of the track, maybe Sampa 7 is an alternative. I, I was really taken by the way uh, Michael Appleby's filly dug down deep for pressure when she was converged upon here last time out by several um, well-fancied horses having a right nibble out. But she pulled away again and her time figure was very good. She's also proven on the nave, with something that Mimas hasn't, sorry, Maras hasn't uh, proven uh, up to now. So, that that might have something to say about it in the in the in the final analysis, but I, I, at this very moment in time, I've got so many strong opinions on Friday and Saturday. This one's right down the food chain with regards to having a bet. So I'll let uh, Daryl sign off with his best bet on the card with Miras. Miras four to one. He, he can't put words in his mouth. That's my job, Andy. Firstly, Daryl, what is your best bet of the day? What's the nap? Uh, Miras in the five ten at York. There we go, and Andy. Um, oh, Acclam Express in the um, in the in the Rosie Stakes. That that seven to one is right up there with Al Ali as a as a, a trade bet to nothing. Lovely stuff. Thank you both very much, guys. Thank you both to Andy and to Daryl. You can get all of their tips first and foremost delivered to you on the Odds Checker app. So please do download that now. The very best place for all the best prices, bookie offers, and free bets and tipsters across sports. As well, I've been your host, George Ellick, and fingers crossed we've given you some expert advice, not from me, but from the lads for the for the week at York. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Please do gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm.